episode, I'm going to get personal and talk about what led me to become a life coach and ultimately to start this podcast. You'll hear a bit about what the catalyst was for me, my biggest takeaways, and things that I'm continuing to work on. I have never been one for sharing a lot about my life on social media or, you know, generally, but I've decided to change that. And on this episode, I'm going to tell you why. I hope by the end of the episode, you feel like we've been fully introduced and you have a sense for what we're going to do here together. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about what it means to be a late Gen X, early millennial woman dipping her toes into midlife. I'm talking specifically to the woman who sees this life stage as an opportunity to reflect on her life to date and begin the second half with intentionality and purposefulness, whatever that means to her. Hello, and welcome to episode three of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie. I am also a certified life coach with the Life Coach School. So I promised in earlier episodes that I would tell you a little bit more about me, what my story is, and why I decided to do this podcast. And why am I getting all personal? Because a lot of us feel the way that I'm going to describe. I really think that's true. I woke up to my life a couple years ago. It sounds dramatic to put it that way, but it's the metaphor that most accurately represents my experience. I had been lulled into the routine of my daily life, and that's not bad, but I had been lulled into a routine. And COVID and the loss of my mother-in-law in 2020 really caused me to sit up and take notice. So take notice of what? Of the ways that I was not actually satisfied in my life. That I would not become more satisfied unless I did something about it. And frankly, a sense of a clicking clock. I have one wild life to live. You see, at the time, I had the job I had once told my mother was the job of my dreams. I was professionally successful. I made good money. I was accomplished and respected. Sort of the type A driven perfectionist dream, right? And it had paid off for me. Maybe you can relate. I lived in a great city with a lot to do, and I was married to someone that I not only loved but still liked 19 years later. My life looked great on paper, and in most ways, it actually felt great. And I would have described myself as happy, certainly as successful. But it also felt like every day was hard, like I was dragging myself out of bed in the morning and looking forward to the evening when we would eat dinner and watch TV and waiting for the next weekend or the next vacation. Maybe you can relate to that too. But I didn't want to live my life that way. It felt like I was wishing it away. And I was a little ashamed about it, to tell you the truth. What was wrong with me? Why wasn't I content or more thankful? Maybe this was just depression. Maybe this is just actually how life is for everybody. I thought this knows that a lot of the people around me seem to be in the same situation. Enter COVID and with it, lots of time for personal reflection and a chunk of time spent in North Dakota after my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer and passed a short five months later. 
I don't want to say too much about my mother-in-law's passing, both out of respect for my family and because it's still too raw. But I will say this. She passed away just as she was getting to the stage of her life where she was going to do what gave her pleasure. She had waited and worked hard and did what was required of her for years. And now was her turn. And then she got sick and we lost her. And she wasn't able to do those things that she had talked about. Watching that play out up close in the life of someone you love gives you perspective. And I did. I learned a few things. We think that we know our days aren't guaranteed and we shouldn't put things off. We talk about that. But we behave on a day-to-day basis as if a healthy, long life is a given. We talk about it actually as being the responsible way to look at things, certainly from the perspective of our jobs and finances. The idea of delayed deferred being responsible in our early years so that you have the means to retire later. We don't actually know that there's going to be a later. I said on the first episode, and I'm reminded here, that, you know, stereotypes is that millennials, one of, they're less focused on retirement. They're sprinkling more sort of tours and trips and things in their lives now because they don't believe necessarily that there will be money or time at retirement. And this is another way I'm finding myself beginning to identify with some of the stereotypes uh, that exist about millennials. So another thing I learned over the course of that year in particular was how much pleasure and joy my mother-in-law had derived from the things that she had been looking forward to. I think there is a part of us that thinks, and I did and certainly still do, how sad it is that she wasn't able to do those things. Might it have been better if she'd been more realistic and had just known it wasn't going to happen? But no, absolutely not. Her life was enriched by thinking and dreaming about the things she would do in her retirement, even though she never got to do them. This was a surprise to me. I have been one who wants to be realistic, not really a dreamer, and I certainly don't want to be disappointed by not getting something I've gone after. But this experience really led me to rethink that. So we came home, and I decided there were things about my life that needed to change. I wasn't even sure what they were, but I knew they needed to change. And so at that point, I had been listening to the Life Coach School podcast with Brooke Castillo, and I'll link it in the show notes, and a couple of other podcasts by coaches that had trained at LCS. I participated in Life Coach School's self-coaching program and learned about that and was learning how to apply the strategies to myself. But I wanted a deeper and more systematic understanding. So I got certified as a life coach in 2021 and took myself on as my first client. This whole I'm my first client perspective is something that I have learned in coaching and really have come to appreciate. It's really I'm my first client and my most difficult client. And that's totally true. My most important takeaway from coaching, coach training specifically, was that my life wasn't happening to me. Which sounds ridiculous because of course I knew that, right? And I would offer that there are all sorts of kinds of things that we think we know, much like knowing that every day could be our last, that we might know intellectually but are not actually seeped into our bones. So my life wasn't happening to me. For sure, there were circumstances and events and things in my life outside of my control 
but I recognized anew, you could say, that I had all kinds of control and influence that I wasn't leveraging. Specifically, I got to be able to see some of my own, what I'm going to call, thought habits. Basically, thoughts that I was thinking regularly, just because we do that. We recycle the same thoughts over and over again, even when there are changes in our environments. And those thought habits, some of them had been with me for like five or 10 years, and I began to recognize them and realize that they weren't serving me. And in many cases, they weren't even necessarily true. It was sort of like, and I think about the television show Glee, but it was sort of like when an old familiar song plays in the background and you start singing along because you know the lyrics and you forget you never even really liked the song to begin with because now it's familiar. And the fact that it's familiar makes it attractive. And so those thoughts were very much the same way. They'd come up and I'd play them again and I'd sing along in, in my head. Another thing I began to take a look at was emotional eating. So usually when we think about emotional eating, we have a vision of somebody on the couch with a bag of potato chips when you're sad, a pint of ice cream after a breakup. But I actually think it is a whole lot more insidious and subtle than that. It's eating past satisfaction just because it's comforting and it gets you a little dopamine hit. It's eating when you're not hungry because you just kind of want something. And these are totally fine behaviors if you feel like they are serving you. But I wanted to lose weight. And I realized that eating was actually an emotional balm and a form of entertainment. It also provided just enough enjoyment to take the edge off of larger dissatisfaction that I was becoming aware of and keep me distracted. So I'm sure I'll talk more about that in future episodes, but that kind of gives you an idea of what was going on with me. So I saw these things and decided that they needed to go. And that reminds me of one more thing. I realized, actually, that my inner voice wasn't particularly kind because she said things like, this needs to go. She was a drill sergeant. And that voice was basically me judging me, me believing I needed to get my act together. It's probably not going to surprise you that that's actually not particularly effective. And yet we all do it all the time. So we're going to talk more about self-compassion in future episodes, too. So I saw these things in my life, decided that they needed to go, even my self-judgment. And I was beginning to believe it might be possible to change some of these things about myself. When we're kids, many of us think we can grow up and be anything. But somewhere in adulthood, we start thinking we need to be realistic and knowing and understanding our limitations. We begin limiting what we can actually do. We stop thinking about who we want to be in the future and believe we'll remain the same. But I was ready to think about who I wanted to be in the future. And now I'm ready to help you think about who you want to be in the future. Think of me as your friend who's just a couple of steps down the road ahead of you, reaching back my hand to bring you along and say, yes, it is totally possible to envision something different from your life, even now. In future episodes, I'm going to tell you more about these particular areas of my life, how I've grown over the last couple of years, but they are truly a work in progress, and I'm learning to appreciate the journey. My biggest takeaway is that life isn't happening to me. There is a lot of room for growth and change 
in the second half of my life. So the podcast is exactly that. I'm reaching my hand back to you, and I will be asking others to join me in sharing their stories with you too. Here are the things I want you to know right out of the gate about me, about the podcast, and about life coaching. I'm a certified life coach. I am not a therapist, a counselor, or a psychologist, and I don't have any licensure to that effect. I do have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy and a doctorate in higher ed leadership and policy. I find that both my master's and my doctorate inform the way I think about coaching, as many of the strategies I use as a life coach look very similar to cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy, and actually also what we know about how students learn. Something else I want you to know is how wildly impressed I have been by the life coaches that I have been exposed to since beginning this work. When I was in training to be a licensure-eligible therapist, I really didn't think well of life coaches. And in any industry, there are bad actors. But I have been truly blown away by the depth of knowledge and experience of the coaches that I have met and learned from and continue to learn from. The coaching that I do is most significantly informed by the self-coaching model developed by Brooke Castillo. It is very similar to other models utilized by other coaches, including Martha Beck, and it's very similar to a cognitive model in cognitive behavioral therapy. So much, uh, much of my coaching is based on what is called or referred to often as thought work. It has been intensely valuable to me in my own work and to my clients. And I do believe that we can gain tremendous ground with cognitive approaches and that our brain is our biggest and best tool for life change. However, your brain lives in your body and we can't discount the impact of our body on our brains and sometimes the fact that our bodies know things our brains don't. And I will tell you that this is not my wheelhouse, but it is something I'm reading about and exploring personally and I'll weave it in where I think it's appropriate to do so. Thought work is often an entry point to help us to open up and consider more body-oriented or somatic strategies. So, but why a podcast and why this podcast? I see an epidemic of stuckness and dissatisfaction and feeling trapped. And I know and have experienced how possible it is to change those feelings. Whether you want to make changes to the circumstances of your life is up to you, but it is totally possible to get out of the stuck place, and I want to help people do that. Something else that I have heard podcasters talk about is how much podcasting taught them about themselves. So I am all in for that too. Part of my midlife journey is to really embrace my own learning and continued growth. I did a internet challenge. It was actually Simone Soul's 90-day, I think, garbage post challenge. And the idea was simply that you post 100 items on social media in 30 days. In order to do that, you just have to get over the embarrassment and you have to get content out. And some of it's going to be garbage. And that just is kind of the nature of it. It really did help me to get over the embarrassment of posting. But I also found out pretty quickly that it was helping me to shape a message because I did video posts and it was helping me to shape a message and get clear on what I have to offer as a life coach. And then I realized it was also helping me to become more confident speaking off the cuff. It helped me to 
feel like I could vamp a little more if I needed to in a Zoom meeting. So my confidence began to increase, and it was really a side effect of posting on social media. So I'm excited and eager to see what else I experience simply from the podcast. I've learned already that it's helping me really to figure out more about what I want to say as a coach, and I'm finding my own language shift and transition already. And those of you that might be with me from the very beginning are no doubt going to see that over time. But I'm excited about it because it's part of my journey. I'm eager to share that part of my journey with you. I have a coach friend who is an attorney by day, a very successful coach in her side hustle. She talks on her own podcast, and this is Angela Hahn of Fit to Practice, and I'll put her in the show notes as well. She talks about when she began to post on LinkedIn as a coach that she was so concerned that her attorney colleagues were watching. And at some point she got to a place where she really felt like no one was watching. And it gave her the freedom to dance in the rain, as she put it. Get out there, twirl herself around, and just do it. Try some things. Maybe look silly, but figure it out. So that's what I want to do, too. I want to dance in the rain. I want to have this experience. Even while I'm practicing and while I'm learning, I want to be conveying useful information to you because I do believe the change is possible, even when I'm not as polished as I might like to be. I also know that I am learning to podcast. And as I've said before, there will be gaffes and foibles, and I'm going to embarrass myself. I feel a bit like you all have shown up for a concert at a concert hall, and I am up front on the stage having a piano lesson. But that is how you grow. And I'm encouraging my listeners to do something different. Take risks, even when you're afraid and uncomfortable. So I'm asking the same of myself here. Okay, so some logistics about the show. This is a weekly podcast. It will drop on Wednesdays. I'm going to get us rolling with solo shows for the foreseeable future, but I plan to bring on some interviewees who can speak about their current and ongoing experiences of midlife and change and what that looks like for them. I'm going to be aiming for an episode length in the beginning of about 20 minutes. We'll see what that looks like. The podcast itself is available through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, which means that if you use an aggregator, Overcast, for example, it's available there too. It's also on video on YouTube. And you're welcome to join us over at the Not Your Mama's Midlife podcast channel on YouTube. This will be particularly good when we do have guests because you'll be able to see us interacting with one another on Zoom. And I do want to hear from you. I want to know who's listening. I know enough about podcast launches to know for this first year, if you're listening in real time, you are likely a friend or family member. But I do want to hear from you, and I'd like to know more about what you would like to hear from this podcast. With each episode, I do plan to prepare a brief worksheet with some reflection questions. Something that was has been interesting to me since I got into coaching was the number of worksheets that people produce, and I thought it was cheesy, but I really do enjoy them. I enjoy the, the questions that they pose and spending time reflecting on those. So I will be creating worksheets with some questions on them for you. They'll always be on the show notes page. And you're able to download them there. Take them on a walk for thinking. Use them as journal prompts. If they're useful to you, if that's your thing, feel free to download those. Thank you for sticking with me through the third episode and for letting me share a little bit about myself. 
I do hope that you plan to join me back here on any of the podcast platforms or YouTube that we've talked about. Tell your friends, anybody that you think might enjoy the show as well. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again. Bye.